Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Mary, and I'm here with my co-host Jamie. Hi, Mary. Hi. <laughs> it feels like it's been ages, even though it hasn't been. <laughs> I know it's been weird because we had two back-to-back solo episodes, so we actually didn't record anything together. Right. Even though we text all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's not the point. There's something special about our little catch-ups. Yes, I agree. Don misses them too. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> How'd yeah. you feel about filming a solo episode? It had been a while for me. Me too. Yeah, it had been a while. And yeah, it's, you know, by the end, I'm like, okay, it's not too bad. But like, each time I have to like, you know, get myself used to it again. I never know how long I'm talking. Same. I I had this conversation with Don after the fact, because then I saw that he had actually been giving me little time signals, which I was not paying attention to during the recording. So a lot of good that did me. Oh, that's nice. He did not do that for me. <laughs> Maybe because I ignored them. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, or because just... you didn't need it and maybe I was rambling. No, I <laughs> probably could have used it. I, I don't, I, I have a, I have no sense. I feel like, I feel like I can talk <laughs> straight for 20 minutes. And then at the 20 minute mark, I either think I've been talking for four minutes or 50 minutes. <laughs> And then I look over, I'm like, oh, it's been 20 minutes. But 20 minutes is usually the time where I think to myself, like, how long have I been talking? So that's a good marker. Yeah. I almost inevitably, when I do a, um, I do any kind of solo or even give a talk, like when you get, when I give a presentation, you know, in a lot of places they'll have timekeepers. Um, but those timekeepers, they sort of give you like five minutes and then you're like, oh, wow. (laughs) I yeah. wish I would have done this sooner. I I have been in like the highly technical ones where they have a whole thing at the bottom of the stage and there's an actual timer going and I love those. 
Some people would not love those. It would be too much pressure. I love them. I'm struggling with virtual talking, speaking, virtual talking. I struggle with talking. Um, I'm struggling with, (laughs) you don't have to cut that. I'm struggling with speaking virtually because there's no time. So if you're giving a presentation, this is a very strange thing. Someone needs to invent this. If you're giving a presentation virtually and you are in Zoom and you are in like full screen, you can't see the time. Right. And so I can't look at my watch because it's obvious I'm looking at my watch. I can't do that very gracefully on a Zoom. And if someone knows how to do that gracefully, let me know. And if I set a timer on my phone, my phone goes to sleep. So then I'm trying to reopen my phone. It's a, it's a hot mess. So that's that's the issue I've been facing with the virtual speaking. That's a great point. Yeah. What do we do about that timer? You need a good old fashioned clock next to your computer. What What's that about? Why doesn't Zoom have a timer? Oh, great point. Maybe that's going to be on their list of things to roll out. I bet you they listen to this podcast. So yeah, exactly. Zoom, hear me. Exactly. (laughs) Because we're instrumental in giving them business somehow. (laughs) I think we are. (laughs) I use use Zoom an extraordinary amount. I actually just had a, a client ask for a call and I was like, sure, no problem. We set it up. And she goes, do you want to do video? Um, or do you want to do a phone? And I was like, your call, whatever you want. She goes, let's do phone. I'm so sick of video. Oh yeah. I've done, I've done that a few times with people too. Yeah. When it's, when you don't need to do video now, I feel like there's this expectation that everyone has to do video all the time, but actually when you don't need to do video, why can't you just make it a phone call? I agree. I fully agree. I have a lot of video fatigue. Yeah. Same. It's too much. Don sent us a message saying Zoom does have a timer, but when, and it does, but when you are a speaker that is not host, you don't get to see any of that, like the recording and how long it's been recording for. I have not been able to see that because it goes like full screen and it's a a thing. I don't even know where the timer is not recording. I think it's in the up. Oh, if it's not recording, I don't think there is timer. Maybe there is. I don't know. I haven't found it. Maybe one day we're going to interview someone from Zoom. Yeah, sure. Come join us. Tell us all the secrets. (laughs) I can barely start a meeting. Like literally I can barely schedule a meeting. It is not intuitive to me. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Why? Well, you don't really have to do, you haven't had to do like video stuff, right? Like your calls are, were probably before a lot of them were Phone, they were right? all phone calls and then Got the it, pandemic yeah. happened right. and then all of a sudden everybody wants to get on Zoom. I'm like, why? We didn't right. do this before. You wouldn't oh, have had a, yeah. uh, you would not have had a Zoom call with me. I mean, I was open right. to it. It's just right. no one, not many people thought of it. Right. Yeah. See, for me, I had been doing Zoom calls already because they were, especially for events, you know, for like meetup events or things like that. I had been doing sure. Zoom. Sure. Yeah. But mine are like one-on-one client calls. Right. And right. I, it's cool. Like there were on occasion where I'd have like multiple, maybe if there were like multiple partners or members of, you know, of a business or like, you know, an owner, an employee, whatever, they would all get on a Zoom because it would just be easier to gather multiple people. But like, right. yeah, it's been a weird experience of people asking to like assuming, not even asking, and I'm fine with it, but it's just the assumption is now we're going to do video call versus before the assumption was always going to be a voice call. Yeah, I can see that. And that is very tiring. That is very tiring. Especially because 
Number one, I don't always want to do my hair every day. (laughs) Number two, I pace when I'm on calls. So like when I time block my calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays from like one to five, I might get in like 10,000 steps. (laughs) Just walking in circles like a crazy person in my office. Um, And I like to move around. Like I can't sit still. It's, I mean, Don made us get like special. <laughs> I need to hold our mics because I, I literally cannot sit still. So it's that's challenging too, because then you're like looking at yourself and like, am I fidgeting too much? Am I right? Okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know all of this, but yeah, that totally makes sense. You weren't really doing the video calls before and to go from none or like very few to a lot, that is exhausting. Yeah. That is exhausting. But it's okay if people want a video. Right. Well, I've been like I said, I've been using video for community. You're going to love this. And we're talking about community today. (laughs) Wow. Segue of the week. That's good. So good. Amazing. Yeah. Even better that I pat myself on the back. That was really, I like it. (laughs) But we are, we're talking about community and actually with things like Zoom and connecting by video, it's, it's a way that we have stayed connected all of this time one year later, even though it's hard to wrap my head around that it is one year later. That is true because actually I have not seen you in person in a really long time. Yeah. Great point. And we've stayed connected by video. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's lame. We need to fix that. I know. Well, now that the weather is going to be better, I'll do my walk bys to go get, go get a nice tea. Um, can wave from the window. Perfect. No, I was thinking that the other day, it's time to start taking walks again. Yeah. So totally do a walk. That's big for the, for the mental health. Yes. Yes. The winter was a whole different story. Couldn't really go out all that much. But anyways, I digress. Yes. Community. Um, Who's our yes. guest? Community. Our guest today is so amazing. Jalpa Pandit. Her, Okay. First of all, her work, I've told you this, Jamie, her work on Instagram, I love her before and afters. So she's a gemologist. I'm going to get into the whole thing when we talk about a lot of stuff. Everything on Instagram, it's so beautiful because she shows her jewelry, like before and after of these jewelry pieces. I love it. Um, And we're talking about community. She's been a part of the Transitions Collective for a while now. And she's someone that even outside of the Transitions Collective believe so much in community and the importance of staying connected and the importance of really having a tribe of people around you, which we obviously both feel very strongly about. So I thought it would be fun to talk to her about that because she shares her perspective on like what it's done for her and how it helps her business and lots of great stuff. So I'm really excited that we're covering this topic today. I like the connection of like how the connection she'll make between community and helping her business. Cause I think it's often overlooked and not thought of as, um, a potential for growth and an actual like profit center is the wrong word, but it shouldn't be, it's not a drain. It actually will help your bottom line a lot. And I think that that's a, that's great connection to make and to recognize. Yeah. Especially because a lot of the time people think like, okay, they need a big audience and they need to be out there to all these people. But really the most impactful way to get your business, especially if you're earlier on or, or whatever is to, 
is to go within your own community and go to people already in your network. And people always want to skip that part. And I don't know why. Yeah. It's like, why would you want to have to make new friends when you've got all these other people that are just like sitting there that you've probably done stuff for without thinking because you've probably understood the, you know, they're, they've understood the power of community and tapped into you. So yeah, that was my, that's my year this year. I'm, I'm calling it, I'm calling on all of it. Yes, exactly. I'm so excited. Okay, so let's so let's get to it. Jalpa Panda is a gemologist and an award-winning jewelry designer with over 20 years of experience in the industry. She has held several leadership positions with leading U.S. jewelry brands and now follows her passion of working directly with clients. Her specialization is to take unloved and unworn jewelry and transform it into modern heirlooms. The entire bespoke experience is collaborative and clients are involved every step of the way. In addition, she works on 100% bespoke commissions from design to finish that convert a client's vision into reality. All of her designs are made in New York City, and you can see her capsule offering on her website as examples of work. Jalpa is also extremely passionate about supporting women-owned businesses wherever she can. And now, on to the episode. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of classes, we've created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and terms and conditions and privacy. Whether you are a designer, developer, creator, or you own your own brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We've capped all videos at 20 minutes to make sure we get the most important subjects without all of the unnecessary legal jargon. You can choose the mini class you want, or you can buy a bundle and make a masterclass. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you'll be empowered to make decisions and will know when you need to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. Hi, Jalpa. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mary. Thank you. And I'm happy to be here with you. I'm so excited to have you. Yes, this is going to be fantastic because um, I know how passionate you are about community and about supporting other women and supporting other business owners. And I'm just, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Talk about all the things. Great. Likewise. So can you tell us first a little bit about how you got started with your business? Uh, so I guess ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to be a jewelry designer. I think as far back as I can remember, uh, and now I'm going to age myself, but in the nineties, <laughs> in the late nineties is when I studied gemology and jewelry design at the Gemological Institute of America in the beautiful town of Carlsbad, California. And that's pretty much how I started, how I fell into this business really. I didn't know you studied in California. That's super cool. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful campus on the beach. Wow. And uh, a lot of my uh, classmates would go get a little bit of the surf at lunchtime. <laughs> so it was, it was quite a fascinating uh, way to go to school, to say the least. Yeah, that's a lifestyle. Okay, so how did that lead you to having your own business? Uh, so yeah, after I studied gemology and jewelry design, I did a couple of corporate stints and um, the longest one being at David Yerman. I was doing product development for them 
and uh, it was it was in about uh, it was it was just I guess it was timing I guess because it was in 2005 when them as a company were looking to go overseas and and start developing work in in China and India for for really um, all all the reasons which were prevalent at the time because of my Indian heritage and the fact that I had you know lived in India for for my for my through my childhood uh they thought it would be a good idea for me to develop their uh vendors overseas and that's pretty much what i did for a couple of years then went on to work with other companies and uh, manufacturers all over europe and south america and uh really got a lot of great grassroots level um contacts from my time there through product development i fell into merchandising and then um, developing a line around um, new product. So that was really my journey in the corporate world. And um, at some point, I guess I got tired of, of doing the hustle and I wanted to start a family. And so um, that's what led to my business. Amazing. And now you, I mean, you do such incredible work. I mean, we're, we're going to share your Instagram and everything, but your before and after photos are so <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Because you really take these designs and these pieces that are, you know, family heirlooms and you make them into something just so magical and beautiful and I'd say relevant in terms of like style for today, right? I don't know if that's the best word, but, and it's so awesome. Thank you. There's a jump between like having a corporate job and working with, you know, designers and manufacturers and merchandising and all of that to then deciding to design your own things, design your own pieces of jewelry and design for other people. How did you feel when you were first starting that out? Like, what did it look like for you? It was actually a very, it, it, it was definitely very daunting for me because here I am thinking I've, I've been in the comfort zone of a job and a steady income for so long with a skill set that I've developed for 15 years. And now to suddenly be one of, I don't even know how many jewelry designers out there trying every single day on Instagram at Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom trying to be the next big thing. And I remember telling my husband, I'm just a little girl in little old Weehawken, like who's going to come and get jewelry designed from me? A very close friend of mine who who is a local Hoboken uh, mom, she was... um, she came to me and she gave me a $10,000 check and she said, here's $10,000. I'm having, you know, we're going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary. What can I do with this money? Surprise me. And so that was just the starting of it all. And I, I took that, I took that money and, and I was able to source these beautiful diamond studs for her. And then we redesigned some of the things that she had. And we just had so much fun doing it that I was like, you know what? I, I think I can do this. That was really the start. It just went from meeting one friend who referred me to another friend. And we just had fun along the way. And I was doing what I enjoy doing, sketching and coming up with ideas of what the possibilities are of things that they already had. So really, that was how it all began and how it transitioned into a business. That's so incredible. And that's such a testament to you, too, <laughs> that that she came and, yeah, and she put she put her faith in you because she knew how talented you were and how talented you are. So yes. that's amazing. <laughs> I love that story. Thank you. So 
that actually relates very well to community. Cause I know we, I mean, we met through community. I know yeah. you are a huge supporter of, of my community, the transitions collective, but also other communities and really spaces where business owners can support each other. What got you into, into your love of community? Uh, I guess having, I, mo- I moved to the States in my twenties. I actually turned 21 when I was in California, which is a different story for another bottle of wine. But (laughs) (laughs) um, I think that over the years of having spent more than half my life here, my friends and the women, the incredible women that I've met have really become my family. If it's, whether it's Easter or Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, these are the people at my table at home. And at the same time, when it comes to business, these are the women that have propelled me forward and have, you know, pushed me onward. And every time you feel like you're not going to be able to do it, there's someone like a Mary who comes along and says, you know what, you're okay, you got this. So I think it's a lot about paying it forward. Because really, when you give is when you get right. So I've been very fortunate in having met the most amazing group of people who've, who, I mean, I didn't have a business card for the first two years of my business. This is now my third year. I just recently printed business cards, which I'm like, who's, who's even using that anymore. (laughs) But um, it was just word of mouth because it was all these women in different tribes of my life that, that have uh, worked their magic really. That's amazing. That's incredible because I do see that too, when people connect more and support each other that way, it leads like what you're mentioning to referrals and business and helps spread the word in different ways. Absolutely. So what are some tangible, I mean, you mentioned referrals already. What are some tangible things that you find with community that benefit you and or your business? Uh, I'd say the first thing is really showing up, right? Because when there is a, when there is a community, um, you need to not, you, you need to show up when not only do you need something, but when other people might need you when it's least expected. And a great example of that is your group, Mary, and you really, because through COVID, I mean, how many of us didn't really, you know, we, we were waking up in the morning and putting on lipstick to get on the Zoom call with you. And that was a sanity check, you know? I, I remember distinctly you posting or sharing a picture. I don't remember, but I remember the photograph really well in my mind of of the mess in your living room with your two little girls. And I remember thinking, I'm not by myself. And then the other really funny thing, which which you sent me was, I think the way your husband left the banana peel by the side. (laughs) I, I don't even remember what it was, but it was those little things. We barely knew each other, but I think COVID was a time where we, um, we bonded on the fact that we're these, two women, two moms, two imperfect families who were just trying to make it through an unknown, you know, and if that's not community, what is right? Yeah. And actually, so this is fantastic. I love that your, that your memories are my messy living room. (laughs) And the banana banana peel. I won't let my husband hear this, but he leaves. I have I th- I'm pretty sure it's in reference to um, like I leave a plate with a tea bag on it sometimes. Uh-huh. And he, when he prepares breakfast in the morning, he puts the banana peel like on my plate with the tea bag. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's my tea bag that I'm going to use again. Don't put the garbage on my plate. <laughs> so, okay. So now that everybody knows that, 
Um, I'm, it's very funny that these are the things that you remember. So I love that. I love that. No, actually we're, we're, we're bound together for life because the day before the shutdown, yes, we were at Bue Cafe and a huge shout out to Bue Cafe in Hoboken. I mean, love, love, love that yes. place. Love the coffee there. You and I were sitting there and my husband kept texting me to go buy groceries. And I was like, but I don't want to go to ShopRite right now. I don't want to go to Whole Foods right now. I want to hang out with Mary. Why do I have to go? And he was like, well, they might be out of food. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes. And you and I were just like, what is this panic? We're just getting a cup of coffee. Oh, how little we knew. Yes, that's... <laughs> That's what I was going to tell our listeners too, because we, we share this special date and this special memory. So for me, Friday, March 13th is always the day of Mary and Jalpa at Bway. And yes, super shout out to Bway because they are awesome. They are awesome. Yeah. I just remember that as like, that's when I got a message saying like, okay, this is the last day of school. We'll be closed for two weeks. I'm like, what is going on? You know, we're just like, we're pondering, we were pondering all those thoughts that happened probably for a lot of people at the very beginning of the pandemic. Like, what is this? And, you know, I mean, we, we had no idea about the toilet paper crisis (laughs) going to hit the nation. Right, right. Exactly. So I love that we have that memory together (laughs) because it really is, Oh yeah, it really is a time. But I I love what you said and I love that you said it's about it's about showing up both ways, right? For yourself and for others because I think that's really what strengthens connections and to me what what community is all about. It's building those relationships both ways. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Okay, great. So we have referrals and showing up. Is there anything else around community that like sticks out for you in that way? Uh I think for me, um, again, like I said, I've I've been doing I've been doing this for a few years, and there are so many different avenues to meet people and meet other business owners and and women in networking. But it's important to also find your tribe because not everyone is for you. It's important to find people that are in the same phase of life as you are, which which I got really lucky with when I met you and some of the others in in the group because it's not just about making money and making a a, a new contact for a referral but it was really just someone to bounce off an idea because I by the time I met by the time I was part of your group for instance I had already done quite a few things in my business so it was like phase two or phase three and so the fact that I was able to bounce off ideas without being judged without being questioned in a safe place, I think that was very important as well. And so it's important to find your tribe. And if you don't feel that vibe for the tribe, then it's probably not for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Safe space is is so important. And, and it's okay that it looks different to different people, you know? But yeah. you have to go with what feels right for you. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be everyone in a group or everyone in a community. I mean, if you find the two or three right people for you, it can it can change everything. It can change the way you have how you set tone for the week, and also the way you know you could be in a pandemic. Really, so it's important mm-hmm. to find the right vibrations and frequency. I guess. Oh, I love that. Yes, vibrations and frequency. 
Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So how about what are some tips that you have when you're looking at communities? Cause I know you're part of a few communities and when you, when you're looking at deciding which ones to join or which ones to invest in, what are some of the things that you think about? This is a very simple word, but I think that's what I use as a measure and that's sincerity, right? Because for me, if the person who's leading a group or running a group, if they're sincere about their message and what their mission statement is, I guess, in terms of it's about serving the community or it's about bringing the community together or connecting people for all the right reasons. I look for the sincerity in it because there's lots of Facebook groups and organizations and platforms where you can get on a Zoom call today with women sitting in Hawaii, if you will. People that are heart-centered are more attractive to me in terms of what they bring to the table and what I would like to get from them because that's how I live my life. And so it just works out better for me that way. That's a great one. I love that you say that and that you're mentioning that because now when we're so overloaded with so many things <laughs> and there's so, you know, there's just so much coming at us all the time. So really being grounded in like what speaks to you and what's important to you is really important. It's very important. It's important to be selective because right now, I mean, we're zoomed out. Every one of us is zoomed out. And I took a lot of the classes to learn about Instagram and to learn about email marketing. Like I, I did that to keep my mind occupied and busy, but I guess I kissed enough frogs to now find the communities that I think have the sincerity. Beautiful. That's so beautiful, Jalpa. Well, we're super, super lucky and super happy to have you in the Transitions Collective because you're amazing. Oh, I love being here. Okay. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more. So for your for your business in particular, um, what's on the horizon for you this year? What are you working on or what would you like to share with us? My specialization is taking unloved, unworn or legacy jewelry and converting it into modern heirlooms. And fortunately for me, this is something I love doing. And fortunately for me, a lot of my clients have enjoyed the process so much, the whole bespoke journey so much that I get great referrals and word of mouth publicity with this. And I'm going to keep doing that with a lot of people still staying home and still not going to malls and not, um, you know, going out there shopping for events and things like that. Uh, I've been asked by a couple of my clients to do retail as well, to, to, to have an offering, which is retail as well. So that's new for me. I'm, I'm learning how to market myself on Instagram and to get people to like and love the new things that I'm designing for them, which has nothing to do with their pieces and their emotions, but just new things. So that's new for me. Yeah, that's really cool. Especially since you do so much work um, for the holidays, I assume too, right? Because we have, you know, Mother's Day coming up or different, different holidays where it can really be. Yeah, I'm focusing on Mother's Day. There's some uh, interesting pieces that I'm working on so that they can be engraved and they can be personalized with the mommy and me sets especially for the moms with the little girls. So uh, that's, that's definitely on the cards. That's amazing. I love that you're, that you're also using your design capabilities and all your skills for both, for, for yeah. redesigning heirlooms and also for just creating new things. That's really fun. Yeah, creating new heirlooms. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Look, that's probably a tagline, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jalpa. Can you tell everyone where they can find more about you, where they can follow you and all the things? 
Sure. So my website is jalpapandit.com. My Instagram and Facebook handles are at jalpa.pandit.jewelry. We'll link it and in the I'm show also notes. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh yeah. LinkedIn too. Excellent. So we'll, we'll put all of those in the show notes so people can, can easily follow you. Okay. Thank you so much, Jalpa. Really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing with us today. Thank you. It was great being here. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of classes, we've created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and terms and conditions and privacy. Whether you are a designer, developer, creator, or you own your own brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We've capped all videos at 20 minutes to make sure we get the most important subjects without all of the unnecessary legal jargon. You can choose the mini class you want, or you can buy a bundle and make a masterclass. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you'll be empowered to make decisions and will know when you need to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. I'm always very jealous of artistic people. Same. Jabba being one of them. Yes. I know. I mean, the way she sketches and like I, the the whole thing the, and, yeah. and actually like the technical part of like taking jewelry apart, like very expensive, very expensive jewelry. It's terrifying. And putting it back together. I'm like, what if you make a mistake? Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> not really room for mistake. That's what insurance is for. <laughs> That's why she's so good. She doesn't make mistakes. Oh my gosh. We all make mistakes, but sometimes they're a bit more costly than others. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. True. Oh, uh, yes. No, that was great. I enjoyed that interview very much. Yeah, she's amazing. So we want to hear from you about your favorite communities. We talk about community all the time, but I don't know that we've ever actually all shared like who are our communities. Do you have one that's paid for? one that you've sort of created on your own? Have you created one that people pay you for? We would love to hear about your use of community and whether or not you find it important in your business. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. As always, we love reviews. So please rate and subscribe and leave your reviews. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.